though I really would like to be able to help you out with this or to, you know, be able to give you more time. This is what's going on for me right now. And I'm feeling so stressed that I just don't feel I can give to you what you need and you deserve it. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I ponder the question, are expectations for modern marriage too high? We know that things have changed in society and they've also changed within marriage. So what do we do? Dr. Karen and I discuss. Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers! Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Uh, Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And today, Karen, we are going to talk about uh, or just kind of attack the question of are marriage expectations too high in uh, modern times? Um, I, I sent you a link to a, uh, a radio show uh, where a, a psychologist at Northwestern University argues that because our expectations of marriage have increased dramatically in recent decades, he says, quote, uh, a marriage that would have been acceptable to us in the 1950s is a disappointment to us today because of those high expectations. So my first question to you, Karen, is do you think expectations are too high today for modern marriages? Well, uh, I'm going to eventually answer the question, but first I have a couple of other things to say. Okay. I don't know that marriages in the 1950s were really all that happy. Um, I think that there were a lot of divorces that started occurring then. Um, it started to become popular or more acceptable, I should say, um, in the late 50s and the 60s to start getting a divorce. Um, I don't think marriages were all that happy. Uh, So to use that as a comparison um, causes me to stop for a moment, Mm. uh, causes me to pause. Uh, The other thing is that my thinking is that it's not that we're comparing it to the 1950s, but that the issue is that we have the wrong expectations. And that's where the problem lies as to the disappointments that many people experience in marriage. Mm, okay. Um, I, so one thing that I do want to say up front, and this is a, a thing that 
always irks me just in general. Um, whenever we talk about groups or generations or time frames, uh, speaking in generalities, um, I understand and recognize that that's not the situation for all people, mm-hmm. all couples, all marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ranted in the past about how I hate it when people try to lump millennials together as if everybody is like this hive mind. So mm-hmm. I know there were great marriages in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, we also know that divorce rates peaked in the late 70s. So there's something to be said about that and the fact that those rates have been going down ever since. So Correct. Um, okay, so um, with that out of the way, what do you think has changed the most in the last half century or so? Well, I think that what we look for in a marriage is different. Um, the roles in marriage uh, certainly is different than it used to be back in the 1950s. And um, I think that, you know, we have to look at marriage against the backdrop of what's going on in society in general. So in other words, you have for most couples, both of them are working. It's not where the wife is staying home and the husband is the breadwinner. And therefore, that puts a lot more stress on them. Um, there is an expectation there that the husband is going to pitch in more uh, as far as the house hold and that it's not going to be all on the wife. Um, and so that starts to set up a whole bunch of expectations more of reciprocity and equality and, you know, partnership. And so once you start doing that, then it's also the expectations of um, emotional reciprocity and meeting each other's needs. So I think that that's the kind of thing that the radio show that you referred to was referring to. Mm -hmm. And so we do um, look to our partner for um, emotional needs and satisfaction and helping us to um, become better people, to be our friend, to be our support system, and all sorts of additional, um, more psychological uh, support than just merely meeting the, quote, business end of making um, a marriage work, so to speak. Right. Not right. just getting the duties done. Right. Um, I. I, I have my own personal thoughts on this, but I'm going to ask, uh, do you think those are unreasonable expectations? You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about like, you know, would it be okay for me to have some wine? Would it be okay for me to drink wine? Would mm-hmm. it be okay for me to have chocolate cake? You know, what's the answer that always comes back? If it's within reason. Right. So... I think it depends on how much expectation you have. Now, let me go off on a tangent for a moment. Okay. One of the biases that many psychologists or therapists have, especially in 
you know, marital therapy or working with men is that, well, you know, men are not all that emotional. So therapeutically, we can't expect them to really look at their feelings or to, you know, really understand certain things. And this is actually, there's research on this, that we have this bias. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is that because we don't expect that of the male gender, we don't... um, you know, sort of push it or invite it as much or um, open it up to them to really explore that part of them. Right. That's erroneous. Mm -hmm. So if you have an expectation, then somebody is more likely to attempt to meet that expectation. So if I don't ever expect my mate to be available to me emotionally or to understand anything, then no, they're not going to. But if I, you know, talk and communicate and try to get my mate to be more understanding and communicative with me, then I think it's more likely that you're going to get that. The question then becomes, to what extent? Mm-hmm. Because if you're too needy and too demanding and place all of it on one person, then that's too much. Right. No one person is going to be able to meet all your needs. And we all have to understand also that there may be um, – oh, well, I don't want to call it a limitation, but you know, there are certain things we're better at. Right. Yeah. And some things we're not better at. So we have to understand the practical side of what another person can give to us. Got it. Well, it's interesting that you say that too. And um, I want to make mention that I will link to the um, the radio show that we're, we've we been talking mm-hmm. about. I'll link mm-hmm. to that in the show notes uh, in case you're curious. Um, but one of the things that they were talking about in terms of like modern expectations is that we expect – um, the our spouse to be the everything that you were just describing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, getting into these generalities, well, some people may expect that, but they were also discussing about how, you know, part of the 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 village for for um for a better um for a lack of a better phrase would help satisfy some of these needs. So you would talk to your neighbor and all that stuff and we become more isolated and all that stuff. Um I wanted to add is that it doesn't have to be that way. To your point, having those unreasonable expectations on a single person, it's just not going to work out. And mm-hmm. um, we do not live in a vacuum. We have this information. We know this information. So if mm-hmm. we know this information, there is nothing that stops us today from not trying to put all this on our spouse and to actually engage with our neighbor or our friend to, you know, get some of that emotional satisfaction that we're looking for Mm -hmm. where, you know, that might not be to your point, the strong suit of your spouse. So, right, right. Exactly. I like what you said better about it not being the strong suit as opposed to what I was starting to say, a limitation. Right. I like, I like your phrasing much better. (laughs) Okay, good. We'll use that. Um, So what are the uh, upsides of these higher expectations? Well, I think that, you know, it, it, number one, will bring the couple closer together Mm -hmm. if they share more of an emotional bond with each other. 
um, the upside of having that expectation is I think that the mate can rise to the occasion, so to speak. You know, if you have right. no expectation, then, you know, it's likely that the person's going to just let it be. So I think those are the two uh, expectations that are the upside, that the person will make more of an attempt and that it will bring you in greater connection. Right. You know, it, it's interesting with that. Um, anybody who's listened to the show any amount of time know, knows that I try to practice what I preach. And um, on, on occasion, my, my wife will tell me, hey, I need this. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she's very good at telling me what she needs, particularly emotionally. Right. And so she will say that. And then I think to myself for like a half a beat, I could either uh, go toward it or I could just ignore it or complain about it or whatever. Like I have that choice to decide how I want to respond to this Mm -hmm. and knowing um, my goal to be a better spouse, I, I always turn to try to fulfill whatever it is that she, she is needing at that time. Um, but it, it's just a constant reminder because it's happened recently. It's a constant reminder that we have a choice to improve our relationship, um, on a, on a regular ongoing basis. This stuff isn't static. Right. And I think that's an important aspect to this whole thing. Well, I think it also opens up a line to communication. So let's say, for instance, you couldn't be available because you were meeting some deadlines on Hitched or, you know, on some of your other writings. You could say to Jess, though, I really would like to be able to help you out with this or to, you know, be able to give you more time. This is what's going on for me right now. And I'm feeling so stressed that I just don't feel I can give to you what you need and you deserve it. And that denial is still so loving that it it still is satisfying. So it opens up that communication. It, it doesn't just reject someone. It doesn't just turn away from someone. It's still um, a form of being available. Right. Even saying no. Yeah, no, well it's 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 um it's being considerate to their thoughts and needs and letting them know that yeah. you're being mindful of mm-hmm. their ask but you're not able to do it at the moment. The other thing that I wanted to add to this is when when you have that uh those lines of communication open and frequent um doing this stuff becomes really easy because it's mm-hmm. you know if you've never done it before it could be really scary and hard and ooh I don't know how they're going to respond to this. But when you do it all the time, um, not that you're constantly asking for things, but you just have this like really great line of communication that's constantly open, uh, it really becomes effortless to ask for what you need. And when the responses are thoughtful and considerate, as you were just describing, um, whether you get what you're asking for or not, it really flows and becomes this like seamless, ongoing uh, interaction between you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so we, we've talked about some of the upsides. Uh, what about the downsides? Well, the downside is that especially if somebody is um, needy, it becomes too much. Uh, the downside is uh, feeling that you're letting your partner down because you can't meet their needs. Um, and, you know, if the two people are only giving to each other or uh, relying only on each other, I think that that sort of um, becomes kind of lonely, that you're cutting yourself off to the outside world. Right. 
um, I think it's important that you have various resources and not just be totally dependent on only your mate. Moderation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so with, with all of that being said, uh, and you think about how uh, marriage and society in general continues to change and evolve, do you have any thoughts on where things might go in the future in the next 25 to 50 years? Well, that's a tough one, but I I would think that, you know, the pendulum tends to sort of swing one way and then it goes the other way. So for a while, back in the 50s, it was very much where we had very clear-cut roles and marriage was really about fulfilling those roles and having the business mm-hmm. of relationship work. Uh, and certainly many years before that, that's the way it was. And now I think we've gotten to the point where we do expect our partner to be everything to us. And I, what I would hope would happen is that we would go somewhere in the middle where um, we would be able to communicate in a clearer fashion with each other, um, hope to get a lot of our um, emotional needs met by our partner, but also realize that um, there's a limitation to it and count on other people as well uh, so that, um, you know, we can um, have our mate as the majority of our partner, but no, how can I phrase this? I'm trying to think of an analogy that you're going to go to a bakery for baked goods mm-hmm. and then you're going to go to the butcher to buy your meats. You're not going to try to get baked goods at a butcher. So you're going to go um, to your mate where you know that they have their long suit and, um, you know, really enjoy and strengthen and support one another where you can, but not feel that if they are not there, you're everything that somehow your marriage is falling apart. Right. Got it. I like that. Um, I, uh, I think or hope that marriages just become a little more bespoke and that mm. what works for one works for the one and what works for another will work for another. And, uh, people don't try to keep up with the Joneses and pass mm. judgment. And if mm. one household is a, this person wants to stay at home and do the whatever. And the other one's the breadwinner. And it's a very traditional, uh, what we're describing as traditional of these 1950s marriages. And mm-hmm. they love that and it works for them. And I, I think it should work for them and they should love that. And I think that should be cool. And um, if it's a, you want more out of your spouse and you are able to get it then, and you can, I think that would be cool too. And so I guess I, I hope for a more inclusive view on marriage. Um, You don't think we're moving in that direction now, Steve? I do. I do. I don't think it's fast enough. I, you know, I'm I'm a pretty progressive guy and I do absolutely think it's moving uh, absolutely in that direction, but I've also seen blowback um, Mm. when, uh, or, you know, what's funny is it's, I don't even, I feel like society is sometimes further along than the individual. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes people feel blowback when there really isn't any, and it's their own mm-hmm. uncomfortableness with their situation. Like they feel, 
like they've accepted the role that they think that they want. Um, and then mm-hmm. they have this like imaginary pressure on them from the outside, which I don't always believe in um, mm-hmm. or believe that's there. Um, so I hope that people um, become comfortable, comfortable enough in their self and their own situation that they that they own it and that the people around them will um, allow them to own it as, as mm-hmm. equally as well. Right. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my two cents on it. Um. All right. Uh, Was there anything you wanted to add to the conversation? Well, the only thing I want to add is what I really started out with, which is, again, that I think that one of the biggest hurdles or challenges in a marriage is that people go into it with the wrong expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we're blinded by our emotions and the sense of, you know, we're in love. And a lot of that is based on the physicality um, and all the chemicals that are going off in our brain. And we sort of think, okay, you know, we're good. And not realizing that marriage is bumpy and challenging um, and really has to um, be, I, I'm being uh, hesitant here because I know you don't like the word worked, <laughs> right. but um, it, 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 it's, it's just not all running through the daisy fields. Sure. And I think that the expectation of everything's going to be fine because we're in love is the thing that can really um, create a problem down the road. Uh, so if people would have a more realistic view going in and not, uh, get really upset when there are issues to be worked through, I think that they would be far better off. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, and with that, we will let that be the final word. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Uh, but before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find this info at our website, Hitched Magic. Mag.com, along with thousands of articles, hundreds of podcasts, a newsletter that I highly recommend you sign up for. Uh, it's free and it gets delivered to your inbox uh, each Monday evening. Um, and so with that, we will wrap it up. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world.